0: Good evening, good afternoon, good morning to everyone and all the fans of the Over Six Sports Podcast. It is your boy, Zach the Bandit Burke, and with me, as always, is the Turf King that you know and love, Cameron Charlton. What is going on, buddy? I mean, it's kind of a mixed bag of feelings tonight. Things were good, perfect weather to walk a golf course. Round, worst round of the year. But you know what the worst round of the year calls for, Burke? What? Calls for a couple extra beers on the patio. So the beers were flowing on the patio, had a glass of wine. So things are pretty good. How are you today, Zach Burke? It was a great day for golf. I I tried to get out on the course this morning just to play a quick, uh, quick 9, quick 18. Walked out as... I was supposed to be in a group with two other guests at my club, and... They didn't show up, so I was like, "Okay, whatever." Off as a solo, and then I caught up to the group ahead on hole three or four, and there was a force They were foursome in carts, foursome ahead of them, foursome ahead of them. Couldn't play through. Guys behind me caught up and didn't want to play with me, so I had to walk off after seven. I couldn't believe. I I just think, hey, if you're gonna come to a private course and you're two guests, and the and a member says, hey. You, you want to join up so that it's, you know, we slow it down a little bit. And then you say, no, like you should get the automatic boot. No, like that's got to be a club faux pas for sure. Man, it's just horrible for everybody. If you're both going to be waiting on the same tees together, you might as well just play the holes together. What's the fun in that? I mean, golf is a social sport. You meet people you never would have talked to and yeah, it just shouldn't be allowed, especially at a semi-private course or a mainly private course. Let's play with the member this is not good well it's, it's just a, it's kind of like they're like oh well, we're in vacation mode. we're not in a rush and like i get that you're not in a rush but like we're gonna be waiting here anyway and like if i have to stand on the tee for five minutes before these guys are off the green all right without out of hitting distance and you're also gonna be on the tee it's just weird it's, it's way too weird like because then you're watching me hit every single shot and like, if you're in the group, it's fine because at least I can see your shit shots. But no, you got to sit there and watch me crank it 50 yards to the right or whatever. But anyway, it, I just didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. If if those guys very unlikely listening to this podcast, do better next time. I asked, I asked them twice. So, hey, member asked you twice to join up. You just join up. No questions asked. I don't care how any social you are. There's etiquette on the golf course, and that's one of them. Oh, I mean, you just, you just transition this perfectly into some of our headlines. So we're going to get into right into headlines. And I mean, we could start off with a faux pas because we're just coming off the BMW championship. And you know what? I wasn't sure we were going to need to talk about this, but we do. This playoff between Bryson and Cantley was unbelievable. And faux pas on the golf course. Apparently, Ca- Cantley's not allowed to walk because that'll yeah. distract Bryson. You can't call him Brooksy because, I mean, now you'll get kicked out of tournaments. So I mean we'll we'll touch on first the, the that playoff and that it was just unbelievable. It was an unbelievable golf tournament. I'm actually starting to fall in love with the FedEx Cup. You're not watching just who's going to win each week. You're watching like who's going to make the cut, who's going to make this top 30. Like I was trying to hope Mackenzie Hughes could have had a weekend and really pushed it. He didn't, but it's it's actually a ton of fun. Well, and and that and you and I were texting back and forth during that playoff and um man, like Bryson had Like a like, how I don't know what was it four out of the playoff six playoff holes that he had like fifteen feet or less to win, and he and he missed them all. And like I'm not the biggest Bryson the Shambo fan by by any stretch. Like I'm on the Brooksy side of this of this feud. Um, but I I just just as a competitor and just looking at this, uh, (laughs) like I don't know how you can miss that many putts in a row. Like it's just wild. And like hats off to Cantlay too. Um. Like Cantley had pressure putts to extend playoff because it wasn't like he was putting for birdie, he was putting for pars, like ten foot putts for pars, um, fifteen foot putts for par to to extend it, and he, you know, kept training them and and which is which is unreal. And then yeah, like as you said, FedEx Cup playoffs, like, um, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, like I, I never really paid attention to it because like you know majors and everything, like obviously they're all over TV and this is too, but. I I love the fact that it's just this continuous tournament and obviously it's for big money and these guys care and it's all the biggest names in golf and, and all blah, blah, but also just, man, like you could just tell how much these guys care about this. Now, again, it's a big payday, so they should care about it more 100%. And you get like weeks where guys don't, um, but I don't know. Like if, if they're going to keep pumping out quality golf like that, I'm in for it. Yeah. I mean, 30th place at the tour championship. So if you make the tour championship and finish dead last, you're still walking away with close to $400,000. Which is nuts. Or just showing up and playing four rounds of golf. But yeah, it was just hilarious. And it just comes back to the famous quote of drive for show, putt for dough. Bryson was out driving Cantley by 30, 40 yards in the middle of the fairway. What does it matter if you can't make a 15-footer? It doesn't. And that was the biggest difference. If One of the funniest stats was Bryson is a top 20 putter on the PGA Tour this year cantley is not no but you don't need to be you just need to get hot at the right times and his putter was unbelievable down the stretch and like watching that 18 you're like okay bryson's up he's gonna win this tournament and then cantley just drains one from like 30 feet and bryson has a chance to win it and he dad it didn't even scare the hole the hole didn't even think the ball was going in but and he had that a couple yeah he had a couple that did scare the hole though like he like in the playoff oh. he had two or three that lipped out yeah, but the one on 18 before was not close. No. But it w- it was unbelievable golf and as you said, like if this is what the golf's going to be next weekend or this coming weekend, man, you got to watch it. This is going to be fun and it's exciting and it just leads you one more week of really competitive golf before the Ryder Cup and stuff, but uh I mean, Bryson being Bryson. And again, I I just don't understand this guy. This guy hasn't talked to print media now in 22 rounds of golf. Because he doesn't want to give out a wrong quote. Now he has actually got the PGA Tour has stepped up and said anybody who says calls him Brooksy at a tournament will be kicked off the premises instantly. They have stepped up and said this. So I don't know if you've been watching Twitter recently, but every PGA Tour player is basically making fun of Bryson right now. You get every South African who's like, but I get called Usti all the time. People miss... Interpret me for Ustel's and all the time. Can I kick them <laughs> off the golf course? Are we just gonna do this? Oh, I've been called really bad at golf on the golf course. Can I, I've been called a loser. Can we just kick everybody off? No, you're a professional athlete. You're a professional athlete who's put yourself in the spotlight many times. You're a professional athlete who keeps doing it. Take criticism. Take chirping. Especially after a round or when it's not you're in the middle of a routine or something. Man, I don't I don't see it. Like If As long as you're not in, like, your backswing or something, these guys are 100%. They paid money to be there. They can chirp you a bit. You're a professional athlete getting paid millions of dollars to do what you're doing. I'm just tired of all this Bryson getting what he wants and whining about everything. Brooks Kepka is living 100% rent-free, utility-free in the head of Bryson DeChambeau. And, like, I, I read an article about how, oh, it's, you know, with Ryder Cup coming up, it's time for... Um, you know, Kep's, Kepka to extend an olive branch. Like he's already won the the feud, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, fuck that, man! Like, no chance. If like Ryder Cup, whatever. Like, y- you don't think that this is, this stuff's getting into Bryson's head when he's, you know, putting on putting in this playoff. He misses one, and people are shouting shouting Brooksy at him, and he's like, <laughs> and he and like the 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 one that set him off was, you know, he's walking up to the. I think he's walking up to the clubhouse after and a fan yells Brooksie at him and or nice job, Brooksie or something after he fucked it up. And he like turned around and, and I think the PGA Tour is really only doing it because they're I don't know if they're doing it because they want to appease Deshambo. I just think they're doing it from a liability perspective because they know that Deshambo's is a meathead and will light somebody up. Like if he's within arm's reach of somebody and they yell Brooksie right in his ear that he's going to turn around and just fucking go at him. I think that's a real possibility. Yeah, so I kind of got three quick points on this matter. One, Royd Rage. Yep. Do they drug test in the PGA, by the way? Yeah, they uh, they actually do. so oh, okay. Man. But we, we can get, yeah. Uh-huh. But Royd Rage. Two, what happens if Brooks and uh, Bryson are in the same group and people are yelling, Brooksy? Are they just going to get tossed out? Oh, yeah, great drive, Brooksie. Oh, toss that guy. Brooks Capgood was the one who teed off. Like, Bryson's just going to toss these people anyways. Could you imagine in the Ryder Cup if that actually happened, though? Like, it would be so funny. And three, do you really not think fans are just going to find some other way of getting in your head for all of this thing? They're not going to start calling you, what, Kepka? They're not going Keps. to just start getting on you? Yeah, like, like what's the point? Oh, they can't call me Brooksy anymore. They're going to get on you. They're going to get on you worse because you keep making this public. You yep. keep making it worse. Rory McIlroy was helicoptering clubs into the fairway this week. No one's talking about him or getting on him because it's Rory McElroy. He doesn't put himself there. You keep doing this to yourself. End of story. That's it. Like, yeah, that's it. I don't really have any further comments on this. It's, it's like sticks and stones, man. Like that's really what it comes down to. It's like sticks and stones and, and, or even that, you know, the bully in school, right? Or somebody who makes fun of you. If you take the joke away, it's not funny anymore. Right? Like I actually think it would be hilarious if uh DeShambo like just jokingly changed his names to Brooks DeShambo on Twitter. Do you know do you understand? Like that would actually help him. And he doesn't want to do it because as I said, it's rent-free and he's he's so in his own way that he can't get out of it. But you need to lean into it. You want to get rid of it, lean into it. Don't go crying to daddy, aka the PGA tour. Like it's ridiculous. Like that's how then the kid takes your lunch money even more later on because as you said like their fans are going to absolutely blast him in the future and this is not going to change anytime soon. Keeping with golf, one thing I did want to talk about Phil Mickelson named an assistant captain for the for team America at the Ryder Cup. I almost said team Canada cuz he feels like one, a Canadian with all his beer commercials, but um so as an assistant captain, does he get to play or does he just is he just kind of a guiding hand with the with the team? Like a coach kind yeah. of thing. Like right now, he'd just be a guiding hand. Tiger Woods did play as a playing captain in the last Ryder Cup or Presidents Cup, but it doesn't happen very often. So I think this is a way of keeping the mood around the team good because right now you're looking at it: Brooks hates Bryson, Bryson hates Brooks, Patrick Reed's technically on the team, everyone hates Patrick Reed, Patrick Reed hates everybody. Can't like, like, there's can't lay like, hates shambo. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bryson and Cantley hate each other as well. Like, there's no good moods going on this. So you bring in Phil. Phil's super positive. He's super fun. Hopefully he can keep the move up. I, that's why you see guys like uh, Riggs from Foreplay arguing Kevin Kisner b- wanting to be there because he's he was voted as the most fun golfer to play with, and guys want to play with him all the time. So... I think just bringing in Phil into the mix, whether you're going to pick him actually to play or not, but having him as there as assistant captain is just huge because he's a great mood. He's going to keep everyone light, and with how much issues there is within this team already, it's probably a good move. Yeah, and and they have what is it? Two spots to fill, or just one spot to fill from captain selections? Or is there at more? least two spots? I can't remember. They keep changing it up between the Presidents Cup and the Ryder Cup, but there's at least two picks here so we'll see what happens but uh i definitely hope kisner can be one of those picks but whistling streets is a long golf course which doesn't favor him very well well you know xander is gonna have a shot at it i don't know how he doesn't i feel like that's a selection definitely that's gonna be there um especially winning the gold medal for the u.s i've been on this xander train for a while with my top fives in golf tournaments but i don't understand he, he should be there um but i guess we'll see uh Cam, another headline. I know we have a lot of – we're doing some football today. We're, we're doing our NFC preview today, but there's one more thing that I want to – well, at least one more thing. This one's super important. Canadian women win the world championship la, la, yesterday or Sunday or no. Wait, what day was that? Yesterday? I think it was yesterday. And they won, which is Wednesday. Um, and they won on an absolute bar down snipe from Marie-Philippe Poulain. And they won 3-2 over the U.S. Um, love to see it. It and there's lots of pundits in the sports world. Uh, uh, Sid Six Arrow was talking about uh, how this is the summer of Canadian women, and he is bang on with that tweet. And I don't agree with Sid a lot, but this is he's bang on. I mean, the, the women win the soccer gold, the Olympics, and Team Canada breaks a nine year world championship drought to win gold over the U.S. Yeah, and it's not even just the summer of Canadian women. It's the summer of Canadian women beating the states, which is yeah. even better. I mean, even if they don't win the gold medals and they just beat the states and knock them out, I'm happy. But uh yeah, it was huge. I mean, they won the twenty fourteen Olympics, so they've done a few other things, but not winning the worlds in nine years for this like for Canada in any hockey sport or any level of hockey is insane. And to see this team do it and it was just Super. Like I was watching a bit of it, and just watching Poulin score reminded me a lot of uh, Patrick Kane when he won the Stanley Cup that year. And they were the only two players on the ice who knew the puck was in, and Marie Philippe Poulin knew it was in, and nobody else did. But so, kind of ruins the celebrations a little bit. But what a comeback, too! Down two nothing to the States. It's this team's been the best team for ten years now. How do you come back from two nothing in the gold medal game against the States? And Canada just finds a way to do it. Marie Philippe Poulin now. Has massive goals all the time. She just comes up clutch when the Canadian women need it. And she's finally healthy again, and it's huge. She scored the one of the biggest goals now in at least seven years. When you want to talk about fast on the ice, I mean, Kendall Coyne Schofield was in the all-star game in her speed. But, the, like, Pulano racing up the ice to get in on that two-on-one, um, the pass by Jenner was unbelievable. Uh, but the speed for her to break away from that uh, the back-checking American and just the perfectly placed shot. I actually thought the, the U.S. goaltender seemed like she was a little bit out of position on that on that play. And I'm not sure if it was because of how fast Poulin came in. But nonetheless, the shot was perfect, picture perfect. Like, didn't even hit any net. It was bar, bar, ice, and out. Like, I can't even blame the ref for missing that one, frankly. Because, uh, I mean, and you would know, like, as a referee, like, you're watching for Twine to pop. You're watching for some other stuff. And that was Ting Ting, Ice and Out, which that almost never happened. So um, unreal to see from them. And talk about, uh, you know, celebration and, and whatnot. I mean, one of the Canadian women broke their leg during the celebration. I, I, not that I'm not Captain Fun anymore, but at what point, like, <laughs> at what point do we got to get rid of these massive dog pilots, dude? Like, these people are getting hurt in these things all the time, especially in hockey, man. Especially in hockey. But you got to love how she just comes back out on the ice to celebrate with the girls, on just right on a stretcher. Yeah, Just no, no worries. She's like, nah, this is fun. This was worth it. They're the world champions. So, you know what? Let's have fun. I mean, yeah, for sure. We don't want to see this all the time, but she came back out there. She wanted to be out there with the girls, and on the stretcher and just doing whatever she can to celebrate. So it was kind of cool to see. You definitely don't want to see that. But at the end of the day, it was pretty awesome. I just love that, uh, you know, you go back home and you're like, oh, like you broke your fibula at hockey? Like that's so badass. It's like, yeah, actually I broke it celebrating a gold medal, which honestly could be just as badass. So anything else we got on our, uh, our headlines list that you want to get into before we get into the National Football League? Well, I don't know how we just skip over this. I know we don't want to talk a ton of hockey right now, but uh, the Canes have, have done what the Habs did to them and caught Kaniemi with the offer sheet. It's just a crazy, interesting situation. So the Carolina Hurricanes have offered and accepted. Jasper Kaniemi has signed a one-year $6.1 million deer with the Canes. The Habs have till, I believe, Sunday to match that deal. If not, uh, Carolina will give Montreal their first and third picks in the coming draft, and Kokanami will sign for a one-year $6.1 million deal. So as a Habs fan, I see this, and I'm like, well, this is revenge for the Ajo offer sheet. Because Montreal offered Aho reasonable money, which Carolina actually quite easily accepted. Yep. The biggest thing about that deal was Carolina hates signing bonuses, and Montreal made sure like 90% of that was signing bonuses to try and scare them away. This deal, what does Carolina do? A $20 signing bonus. What is Sebastian Ajo's jersey number? 20. Oh, yeah. There was a pundit who was talking about, like, he's like, oh, this is really not a revenge play for Carolina. This is just a smart play to screw another team and possibly get a good player. And I was like, get your head out of your ass, dude. Like, (laughs) this is 100% a revenge play. 100%. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, and as a Havs fan, it's really put them in a tough spot. You looked at the season they had. They had a great playoffs. I mean, they made the Stanley Cup Finals. You looked down the middle. You had Deno, Suzuki, Kotkaniemi, Jake Evans, and then you had a couple other guys on the rise, like Ryan Paling's in the AHL. Right now, if Kotkaniemi signs in Carolina, you have Suzuki, Evans, Paling, Matthew Perrault, I guess. <laughs> so in that aspect it really hurts Montreal but at the same point like the more I think about it 6.1 million dollars for a guy who scored five goals last year who now not only is he getting 6.1 this year you have to qualify him next year at 6.1 or if he's a UFA so even if Montreal accepts the first and third round pick which I believe they should do Carolina's gonna get what a guy who scores six goals this year be like so what I deserve 6.5 million so how much it kind of is a revenge play, and I guess I do see somewhat why it is good for Carolina and they need center. They've kind of screwed themselves in a lot of negotiations if Montreal doesn't match this offer. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's yeah, you're right. I mean, $6.1 million for a player of that caliber. Um, and this is, again, something that's been going around, um, basically saying, like, how are you paying this guy that much? Like, if they can get him on a longer-term deal for a lot less and that's the transition move, then that's fine. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, if you can't get... Let's just say he does want 6.5. Like, you can't get him on this contract. And I, are, are they allowed to talk about a future contract by qualifying an RFA? Like, I don't know the specifics of it. Yeah, you can talk any contract you want with an RFA. So there is lots of rumors that they've signed the one-year 6.1. But if he does end up staying in Carolina. Montreal doesn't match the offer. They have like a six-year, $4.5 million contract ready to go. So then that starts to make a little more sense because it makes it tough for Montreal to match. And like you just, you just look at so many different aspects with Montreal, and I can't see them matching. They have Nick Suzuki to sign this offseason. So Nick Suzuki is a way better player and way more important to this franchise than Kakiniemi. And how much I'd like to see him stay a hab and his potential is still there. Six point one million dollars even on one year, and really it's with the qualifying offer you're looking at twelve point two for two ideally that's way too much money for a guy who's your third line center who had five goals last year who has potential, but it's still way too much money yeah i yeah well, I was just where I was going with that was is if Carolina doesn't get him on a deal like if they if he does go to Carolina on the one year deal and he wants to say a one year you know, a one-year six-and-a-half next year and they don't want to do it. Like, it's kind of a waste of a first-and-a-third. But then I remember that we that the least played paid Felino a first-round pick and he didn't play at all. So that, you know, that's – or they you gave a first-round pick for him, whatever, didn't play at all. So I, I can't really be the judge of who should give away first-round picks or round picks, whatever the case is. So, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I mean, so at the end of the day, as a Habs fan – buy to Kotkaniemi hopefully they can turn those first and third into like Christian Dvorak and pick up another center but it does not make any sense for them to match this offer sheet for 6.1 million dollars for one year I mean it hurts Montreal you go from a Stanley Cup final you take away Kotkaniemi and it's really going to make it tough in this ridiculous division anyways but you can't hurt yourself this year to really mortgage your future I would love to see a Photoshop of Cockney Emmy holding his four fingers up to the crowd, but it's actually 6.1 fingers. That would be hilarious. I really... that that would. Uh, Internet needs to get on that. Internet, if you hear this or you go to Photoshop, get in on that. Um, Cam, do you want to talk some football? I would love to talk some football. Well, that's good because I have a perfect set Let's talk some NFL football. We're going to be doing the NFC East and the NFC West and the NFC North and the NFC South, the whole NFC, the preview of this upcoming season. And where would you like to start with that, Camp? Oh, I might as well. We might as well start off with the NFC least, also known as the NFC East. Ooh. And yeah. Yeah, just so, it, I mean, on the odd chance that SGP is listening, the NFC at least, because they, don't they seem have the to, least they, amount they, of good teams. They don't seem to think so. They do not seem to think that's the case at all. Well, we, we heard Sean Green, he had his NFC East preview today, and thought the Eagles could somehow go 12-5, and five, No, which chance. is just absolutely outrageous. No. But let's get into this division a little more. All right. So what where do you, do you want to start, start? Do you want to touch... Let's start touching on these teams a little bit. So we'll yep. just go based on last year. And I mean, the first place team from last year was the Washington football team. They won the division. So, kind of what are your thoughts on the Washington football team going into this year, Burke? Um, so, you know, one of the point the big thing with Washington that I look at this year is is that um there's a lot more certainty at the quarterback position. That that's that's it. I mean, you you, you know that Fitzpatrick had success with Miami with the system that he's that he's that that he was in there, um, and they brought him aboard. And so, I mean, that alone is going to help them. I mean, they also brought in, you know, Curtis Samuel, um, Adam Humphreys, like Curtis Samuel, again, from a fantasy perspective, and I'm sure we'll talk about fantasy kind of moving forward as the year goes on, but Curtis Samuel was kind of one of those guys who can put up some points. Um, but I mean, the Washington football team had Alex Smith last year, he retired. I believe they had Dwayne Haskins and they had another crappy guy, right? And they were 7-9, and nine, um, not which is terrible. They were 25th in points scored, also not great. I'm oh, sorry, Heineke was the last guy who was good in one playoff game or the end of the year. But I don't know. I mean, the big thing here is is that their defense has to be able to carry this team again. I mean, obviously, they have one of the best defenses in the league. I don't think there's any... Um, kind of question about that. So, I mean, if if Fitzpatrick can once again show some Fitz magic, I think Washington, the Washington football team, especially in a weak division, the NFC least, that they can have some success. And they had success last year. I just, I don't, I, I think this is their division to lose, frankly. Yeah, and just touching on some of those points, like they go from the Diva away, they were the worst quarterback They got the worst play from their quarterback position out of any team in the NFL. Fitzmagic, whether you think he's high risk, high reward, he is not going to give you the worst production out of the quarterback position in the NFL. He will not. To me, I look at this team and like fantasy relevant options. Logan Thomas could be in for a massive year. Yep. We know Fitzpatrick loves throwing to the tight end. Thomas showed signs last year that he can be really good. And, yeah, this team, maybe the defense can regress a bit. They're not going to be quite as good as they were last year. But they're still going to be really good. And if this offense can be average this year, this team's going to be good. And in such a weak division, yeah, it's theirs to lose. And to me, they're still, like, they finished first last year. They're going to finish first this year, in my opinion. Yep. And so are we are we giving uh, predictions for record for these guys? Or are we just going to stick with kind of giving an overview? Or how do you want to do that? on our first one I got I got a record ready if you got a record I got a record ready yeah I'm good okay let's work through the other teams and then we'll go through one through four with the records so based on last year second place in the division was the New York football Giants what kind of your (laughs) thoughts going into the year on the Giants um you know and, and again like there's there's a bunch of teams that you know they almost solely rely um on a couple of things I mean You look at the Giants and Saquon Barkley and Cam, you know, this extremely well, having had him on your fantasy team, you know, Saquon Barkley goes out early last year uh, and, and didn't return. And that dramatically affected them. Um, You know, a nice acquisition that they picked up this year was Kenny Galladay from the, from the Detroit Lions. Um, And he's a stud. I mean, they did lose Golden Tate, so it's kind of a fair trade. I mean, I like Galladay a little bit better better than I like Golden Tate. Um, I mean, Joe Judge obviously wanna makes you, wants to make you run through a, run through a wall. Holy crap! Um, but I mean, if you look at their stats, I mean, last year they're six and ten. Um, you know, they were thirty four, thirty first in points scored. That's second last in the league. But their defense in points allowed was th- like three hundred and fifty seven points allowed was ninth. So it was not their defense that really had an issue. Um, so you bring in Galladay, you know, you've got Saquon Barkley, you know, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, um, and then you got, you know, Kyle Rudolph, Evan Engram at tight end, and really this team kind of rides and falls with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And if those two guys can have unbelievable seasons and their defense can hold, because as, you know, even uh, Kramer, Ryan Kramer um, has been talking about, their defense has not been bad. Um, they just they, they can't be 31st in point scored. Even if they can get into the top fifteen, like just get into the top half of a league in point score, which I think is probably unrealistic in this for the first year here. Um if they can do that, then I think that they'll they'll push they'll they'll make a push for the division, which again it's not hard, it's not a good division. Um I I just don't know if they're gonna have enough juice to get there. No, yeah, like, again, like, I agree with a lot of the same points. This defense is quite good. This secondary is quite good, and they might get a few more turnovers this year. Daniel Jones is not good. Yep. He's not. He, no, they he's, don't, no. They're don't. they not going to get good quarterback play, but they've given all the options around him, and we've touched on it with Miami. You've, you're giving Daniel Jones basically a make it or break it year. You got Galladay. You got a couple other people. You brought in Kadarius Tony in the draft. If Saquon's healthy, he has a lot of options. and Maybe their offense can take a step. Do I see them being even anywhere near the 15th best offense? No. But can they go from 31st to 20th? Maybe. And maybe that's enough to start to push for the division a little bit. But Daniel Jones isn't good. And I think there's just a little too many holes on this offense and this team. And what is Saquon anymore? I know I had him in fantasy, and I'm going to say that, and it's going to sound bitter. But it's two years now where Saquon hasn't been relevant. So what's going to happen with him this year? His ceiling's high. It's still crazy high with what we've seen from him, but a lot of question marks with this team and uh I think they can compete if they can stay healthy, but we'll see from there. Yeah, and I as I said, like it's man, like you're right. I mean, Saquon again, injuries are killer. And and the life of a running back in the NFL is extremely short. I mean, look at guys like Devontae Freeman. Like, he's, you know, three years ago, a must-have kind of, you know, he's a must-have kind of running back. And then two, three years later, he's off the map, right? These guys do not have – they don't have long runways. So if he doesn't get it going this year, I mean, I think it's pretty well curtains for Saquon Barkley, as crazy as that sounds. Because, again, two years ago, we're talking about how this guy is – He's number one drafting in fantasy. And then now you're like, huh, do I even bother drafting him at six? And I, to, to, I don't want to get Charlton, you know? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Anyways, <laughs> moving into other questionable running backs, we'll touch on the Dallas Cowboys next. And, I mean, Zeke's got to have a big step up this year. I mean, when D- Dakota Rain Prescott went out last year, Dak went out last year, Zeke didn't step up one bit. This team struggled. And I know everyone talked about how unreal their offense is and how good this team looked early in the year. They were two and six before Dak got injured. They should have been one and five. They shouldn't have won that game against Atlanta. This team was not good, even with how unreal their offense was and how many points they put up. This defense really isn't any much, any better. Like Micah Parsons is not gonna make this defense that good. He's a good no. player. Yeah. But this defense is not gonna be good. Do I think this offense could still put up crazy numbers and be really good for fantasy? Maybe. But do we trust Dak after the injury? I don't know. Do they have a backup plan at uh, quarterback? They do not. They do not. Garrett Gilbert's so, their backup currently. Do you even know who that be, is? I thought it was going to be Ben DiNucci. He had a couple games last year. Is so he not there anymore? It's, it's, I, I don't actually don't even know. Like This is how crazy it is that we don't even know who the backup at this place is going to be. But um, like... So if... Yeah, like if Dak and Zeke can't be who we think they are or who they can be, this team's in a lot of trouble. This offense could be really, really good, but it could be really average too. Yeah, I mean I look at this and I mean the the you know, the notes that I have on them is the first thing is is um yeah, obviously the health of Dak Prescott. I mean that's that's first and foremost. I mean, it was it four weeks ago that he pulled himself out of practice or whatever it was because his shoulder was not feeling right after being off for a year? Like, I don't even know. Like, that does not give me a lot of confidence if I'm Jerry Jones. Um, but you just sign this guy to a deal, dude. Like, I don't know what – like, you have to run with him. Um, but, you know, and then moving in – obviously, so that's question mark number one is the health of, of Dak Prescott. If Dak Prescott is healthy, they – they're still not winning the division, but they are going to be better. If Dak Prescott is not healthy, then this team is a dumpster fire and could very possibly be the worst team in the NFL. Um, the Like they, they like legitimately, they could be that bad. I know, and I know there's the Jags and the Texans and all these teams, but like it could, it could get ugly really, really quick. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I, you kind of already mentioned Micah Parsons. Um, so that, that should help a bit. Um, They did get Dan Quinn and that's our defensive coordinator. And he is not, I mean, I don't know if you saw the Falcons' defense the past couple of years, but they're not good. And that does not give me any confidence in, in the Cowboys' def- defense at all. Um, if, if, if you do have confidence in this, then I, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I'm sorry for you if, if that's – I mean, like, look at their points allowed. Last year you're 28th, and you're 28th in points allowed, and you're bringing in Dan Quinn, the king of giving up points? Like, no. I just love how they were 28th, and Dan comes in. He's and you know 28 to three. Love that connection. But um, yeah, I'm kind of rambling a little bit here. But yeah, I mean, I just look at it. Uh, the, yeah, so I mean, Dan Quinn doesn't help you, and then yeah, Zeke. I mean, um, I can't believe that his numbers sagged. I mean, I kind of can, but like you, it shouldn't really sag that much. If Prescott's out, they should just give him the ball more. But even when they did, he sucked. Right? The so guy just fumbles. He just I, fumbles he, all over the place. He's a fumble king. Give him the ball more, and he just fumbles so i mean the only bright spot and i try to look for some positives with some teams i like to be the pot like it, it's positive thursday or whatever it is so cd lamb is the positive for me i think if prescott can stay healthy i think cd lamb has the capability and did show it last year that he was able to step up and make some big plays um so if he's able to make those big plays <laughs> and you can get a little bit maybe out of tony pollard like i think that there is some kind of relief for zeke he doesn't have to be the only guy uh but again it's one of those things that i running back position if you're going to be like it's it's an easy position to get out of i know that his fantasy value is 100 percent gone down i know they're talking about him still being in the top 10 i people have i talked to i'm like i don't know anybody who wants to draft him in the top 10 because it's such a high risk high reward actually sorry high risk low reward play um I don't know. I don't feel I do not. I think in summary, I just don't feel very good about the Cowboys this year or any year, frankly. Yeah, I mean, this offense can be really good, but that's about it. This defense is not going to be good. This team I'm really questioning, but I mean, we'll see. This offense could still be really good and could carry this team to be pretty decent. So, I mean, we we'll, won't we'll work into the last team in this division and the Philadelphia Eagles and they're just not good. They're, yeah, I their mean, quarterback's not good. Their defense is not good. Their receivers are not good. Their running back's decent. Miles Sanders could have a really good year. He's pretty relevant fantasy. They did have a lot of injuries, especially on the offensive line last year, defensive line. They missed a lot of games there with a lot of their veterans and important players. But a lot of veterans missed a lot of games last year. Are your old players, your old veterans going to get healthier as they age? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. So yeah, I look around the Eagles and I don't really see how they have a good season. Yeah, I mean they, they. I mean, pundits have been like, "Oh, Jalen hurts this, Jalen hurts that." I'm like, "Jalen hurts my butt!" Like seriously, this guy is just. I, I mean, he had a couple of good games at the end of the at the end of last year, and I mean, I don't know, man. Like, sure, you add Devonta Smith out of Alabama, um, the, the reigning Heisman winner that. That should help you. You add Carry on Johnson from the Lions, right? Uh, but Cam, do you know who's backing up Jalen Hurts now? It's not uh what's his face? Carson Wentz anymore, obviously. He got traded to the Colts. Do you know the Gardner back Gardner Minshew and Joe Flacco? Man, what a absolute fucking disaster of a of a QB spot. If Jalen Hurts goes down, you got Joe Flacco and and or you have uh Gardner Minshew, like yikes. So I mean, you know. The reality for for the Eagles, what did Sean say? 12 and 5? 12 and 5, I believe. Yeah, flip that in reverse, dude. There's no chance they're going 12 and 5. I mean, Nick Siriani's got his first year as as head coach. So um I, I just don't I just look at the numbers, right? Like last year you're 4, 11 and 1. Um you're 26th in points scored, you're 20th in points allowed. And your point differential is 27th. Like, I just don't see how you're going to be able to move those numbers up high enough with what you've done with the team, which is not a lot. Like, if you look at their additions and you look at what they've lost, like they lost Carson Wentz, Deshaun Jackson, A'shaun Jeffrey, Jalen Mills. And you've added, yeah, Devonta Smith, Carrie Johnson, um, and then uh, Zach McPherson. But seriously, like, I, is that enough to get you from 4'11 and 1 to 12 and 5? No chance. No chance no and kramer Kramer had them at five and twelve, so the exact opposite, so I mean, I think this is the point where we touch on this division, so one through four we'll start at one, Burke, who do you have winning the n f c least, and what was the record uh, I've got the Washington football team winning the n f c least n f c east and I've got them winning at nine and eight. um I think that if you look at last year that's a very it's a pretty as i said pretty similar record um And you add the extra game in there. I mean, I I could be off by a game or two, right? Because if they got to play eight game or, yeah, eight games or, sorry, six games against their own division, that means they only have to get four against everybody else, right? So, I mean, it could be off by one, but yeah, nine and eight, Washington football teams taking the division. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where else you go other than the Washington Football Team for betting reasons. I mean, it's I mean every team in this division is still plus money because this division is horrible. But yeah, I took the Washington Football Team, and I think the ten and seven sounds good to me. I kind of worked through their schedule a little bit, and yeah, nine nine and eight, ten and seven, to me pretty similar. But uh, they're gonna win the division, and I think ten and seven sounds like a good number for me. And I'll move into second place. This one, I, I know you'll be different here, so I'll move into it. I got the Dallas Cowboys finishing second. I think their offense is going to figure it out enough to get up there, and they're not going to be good. I have second place in the division finishing 8-9, and, and I think the Cowboys are going to be there. I think their offense is going to carry them through enough games that they can get to 8-9. Still not to 500, but it's not a bad season. Yeah, no, and I I mean yeah, I do have somebody different. I can't disagree with that argument. Um I'm just going with the injury angle here. I mean, that's kind of what I'm banking on. Uh, I've got the the New York Football Giants in second place under Joe Judge. Shout out to Kramer. All rise Joe Judge. Um I think they're going to go 8 and 9. So I think it's going to be close. I think you're probably going to have, you know, Washington win by one or two games. Uh it's going to be close, but yeah, I got them going uh 8 8 and 9 taking second in the division. Yeah, and I I don't agree. I think the biggest battle in this division is going to be between second and third for Dallas and New York, and I got New York finishing at third at 7-10, and and again, their defense is really good. They could take a step on offense, but I just don't trust Daniel Jones. I don't think he's a very good quarterback, and that's going to hurt them, especially in a division that has the Washington football team that's a really good defense, and I don't think their schedule is very favorable, so... 7-10, 7 and 10. I mean, that's still a good step from last season in my opinion and it shows a lot of promise and as long as these pieces keep stepping up in a horrible division, you never know. Yeah, I got the I got the Cowboys at 7 and 10. So we're kind of the opposite on that. As I said, I think that the Cowboys could be better for sure. There's potential there. They could do better. Um but I'm backing on injury. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Zeke's going to have another a good year. I don't think Prescott's going to make it. I think he's going to maybe play 60% of the games. Seriously, I think he's gonna get hurt quick. So I think seven and ten is gonna be pretty realistic there, and that leaves the fourth spot cam, and that's gonna be the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on the Kramer chain again. Sorry, Sean, I'm going five and twelve. Um, I, I, I just don't see it. Fly Eagles, fly more like fall out of the sky and burn Eagles because you are going to be the least of the NFC least. Yeah, I mean, there's two things we agree on in this division, Washington should win the division, and the Eagles suck. I just, I've I've worked through their schedule a couple times, and I don't see any more than five wins, and to me, really, I see them going four and 13. They're just, they're not good. I don't see any part of this football team that is going to be that good, and four and 13 is just going to be an awkward year. You're not really going to compete for the first overall pick, but you're not going to sniff any aspect of playoffs, even in a horrible division, and to me, Philly's just not good. So 4-13, and 13, finishing last in the NFC least. And there you go. There you have it. NFC East. where are we moving to now. So let's go from the worst division in the NFL to arguably the best. The NFC West is a juggernaut. They're, all four of these teams are legit. And I think we just started off right away with the Seattle Seahawks and Russ. Yeah, I mean, Danger Russ. He's got to he's got to put you know a better thing, a better kind of season together this year. I know he was in he was in talks last year for MVP through a lot of it, and then all of a sudden just wasn't, and they just did not get the offensive production uh, with with DK Metcalf and that other guy. um, I had his name written down, but it's not here. What's his name? Kim. The Lockett. Tyler Lockett. Lock it up. I think that they're going to do a better job moving the ball to both those guys this year. I think one of the things, especially in fantasy from this fantasy aspect um, was if you had Lockett and you had, uh, or, and, or you had DK Metcalf one week out of those, one of those guys was doing poorly. Um, I mean, it, if you look at the, uh, you know, the offseason, their acquisitions weren't, they, they weren't great. um, you know, Carlos Hyde, the running back, the loss of the Jags. It's like, okay, that's fine. Um, I mean, they were 12 and four last year, and they were eighth in points scored. It, you can't really improve much on the offense. they were middle of the pack in, in defense, but I just think that you really need to do a better job at getting both of those kind of guys in, involved. Um, I just think that the problem for the Seahawks this year is going to 100% be um, the strength of that division. Right. Like I just you you have to you have to go 12 and up, Um, especially with that extra game. Like you have to be 12 and five, really, or, or higher 13 and four to really even have a chance of this division. Yeah, I mean, first off, the Seattle Seahawks just need to let Russ cook. They kind of took the ball away from him in the second half of the season. With how good that offense was in the first half, they took the ball away from him. The defense was huge in the second half. They went from arguably being the worst defense in the NFL to being pretty good, a top 10 defense the second half, so it even out to be kind of middle of the pack. If they can keep that up, this division is still theirs to lose, in my opinion. This offense could be unbelievable. Chris Carson is solid. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Russ, like there's so much that's good on this team. This offensive line is still trash, but Russ has proved that he can get out of the way. He doesn't need a great offensive line to be good. So, Seattle Haw- Seahawks to me are still a really good football team and this could be a really good year for them. I I just think that they're going to be in they're, they're going to be in all the games this year, right? As as they always are. They're going to be in on them. So I think it'll be tight. I think I I really do believe, and we're gonna get into a little bit more of this, but I really do believe that the it's gonna be a tight division, man. As you said, like this could be the best division and best division in football. So, um, what team did you want to go to next? Let's move into the team with probably the biggest shakeup, and that was the L.A. Rams. This team won a road playoff game last year yep. against Seattle with a Jared Goff at their quarterback. Oof. So how, how, how much we hate Goff and how horrible he is. We, gotta, we do have to give Jared Goff some credit. This guy came into a road playoff game, not starting because of his hand, came into it and won. So we got to give some credit to that. Not a lot of quarterbacks could win a road playoff game while being injured. And Jared Goff did it. But if there's... Anyone thinking they didn't improve drastically at quarterback, you are insane. Yep. Matthew Stafford is a legit quarterback in the NFL. This offense could be unbelievable. Robert Woods, Cooper cup, Tyler Higby. You look at this offense with a guy like that. This could be unbelievable. I know they lost a running back. Cam Akers. probably is done for the year. That's going to hurt. Daryl Henderson looked good at times though. And Sean McVay, with an actual quarterback who can throw the ball, Ooh. what kind of schemes can he come up with? And then you look at the defense on the LA Rams. You have arguably, what, two of the top five defensive players in the entire NFL and Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald? These guys are legit. So, yeah, they're missing a few extra pieces around this team. When you have that high end of talent, you have to be. But the LA Rams are super interesting coming into this year. The LA Rams are 100% legitimate Super Bowl contenders by adding Matthew Stafford. And this guy's been kind of hidden away in Detroit and I don't think people got to understand how good of a guy this is on De- in Detroit. So good. Like it's 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 unbelievable. The Rams have not had a losing season under McVay. They're averaging around 11 11 wins a season. If you don't think that that adding Matthew Stafford's going to be an extra dub or two over Jared Goff, then as you say, you're right. You're out of your mind. Um, kind of a spoiler, but the Elliott Rams are kind of my pick to win this division. I'll tell you what the record's going to be, but um I, I like them a lot. I really do. Yeah, I mean, there's not too many negatives on this team, and I guess one or two injuries could really kill them. Like if Aaron Donald yep. gets injured, this team is in a ton of trouble because that defense is completely different. But other than that, healthy, I, this team is, could be unbelievable. And, I mean, just talking about injuries and healthy, we'll move into the 49ers. And they led the NFL in injuries last season. It was record-setting, the amount of players and injuries they had on this team. Basically, every starter missed at least one game. Yeah, and we we kind of had this discussion on the weekend. And I And, I don't know, I, I still think they're – maybe not going to be as good as people think, but I mean, it's, you know, it's all going to depend, right? Like who, who, who are we playing at quarterback here? Right. Like, are we, are, are we playing Jimmy G? Is it going to like, or is Trey Lance going to get some, like, is he going to get some rope? I can't really read too much into their offenses and defenses last year. Cause as you said, like they were, they were completely injury riddled, like just absolutely got decimated. Um But man, like, yeah, like if, if, like they have enough pieces here that they're going to have enough to be competitive in this division. Now that I've looked more into it, I will admit that we were discussing last week. I, they're they're better than I thought they were on paper for sure. Um, I don't know though. I mean, again, you're you're in a really competitive division. You have to play six games against the be- some of the best teams in the NFL. So even if you lose. Let's just say four of those, you're two and six, and then you got another 11, another 11 to go. And again, it's all gonna be injury dependent. And this is how it is. Like, this is where it gets kind of repetitive when you talk about teams, right? It's like, well, it's injury dependent on this. It always is, right? 100 percent it always is. Um, but let's not forget that these guys were in the Super Bowl not that long ago. And there's a reason that they were in the Super Bowl not that long ago. So if they can string that together this year, then I think that they could have an okay year. But again, I am a I am worried about the injury bug. I'm always worried about the injury bug. Injuries seem to follow the same teams over and over and over again. Or and and they stay away from some teams. So we're gonna have to see what happens with the 49ers this year. Yeah, my big take with the 49ers, if Trey Lance plays a game, it is an unsuccessful season. Because wow. you're gonna start the year with you're gonna start the year with Jimmy G. And in how tough this division is if Trey Lance has to come in, they're not going to make the playoffs, which to me with every other piece you have on this team, not making the playoffs is not good enough. So if Trey Lance has to come in in the middle of this season, it's not going to be a good year for the 49ers. Ooh, that is that is spicy. So when would you see him coming in then? Like how many games would they have to be at? Like what do you think the record would be at for him to come in? It could be early. It could be like 1 and 3 if they start the season 1 and 3, but in this division starting 1 and 3, you are in trouble already. This division's <laughs> yeah. just that good. That 1 and 3 start, you're like, "Oh shit, we're already basically out of time because the other 3 teams in this division are legit." Yeah, I can't disagree. I mean, and and you want to talk about the fourth team that's legit, man. The uh the Arizona Cardinals, dude, like these guys, if you look at their acquisition list from what they just picked up, they picked up A. G. Green from the Bengals, they picked up James Conner from the Steelers, and they picked up JJ Watt from the Texans. And they weren't bad last year. Like they weren't bad at all. And they picked these guys up. I mean, look like I dude, they were eight and eight last year without these guys. And and I mean Kyler was unbelievable last year. Great for you in fantasy as as it would be. They were thirteenth in points scored and they were twelve. Uh, 12th in points allowed well good luck now dude i'm telling you right now like these guys are definitely i think like the anytime you have a watt brother i don't care which one but especially jj you put that guy in your line man look out like i think they're going to be a top 10 defense this year i think that kyler is going to build on it i know that i was reading some stuff that was saying you know guy you know teams are going to scheme on kyler not let him run as much i don't think it matters this guy can absolutely sling the ball like look look how far he threw the ball off, like like running around against the Bills um and just chucked it to Hopkins in the end zone, man. Like, like unbelievable um Kyler Murray is, and I just think that he builds on last season. And I think that there's a legitimate chance that if the Cardinals are successful this year that Kyler Murray has a shot at the MVP. I like it. The odds on that are probably pretty good, but I agree. There's definitely some questions on this defense. I don't know how good their secondary can be, But J.J. Watt should help with that. I know he hasn't been J.J. Watt of old recently, but if he can help at all on that line, even as a leader and stuff, and just give that secondary a little extra time to react, could be huge. If teams are going to scheme against Kyler Murray, he has DeAndre Hopkins just to throw the ball off to. Arguably the best receiver in the NFL. So are you worried about that? Not really. So there's definitely some question marks with this team just based on how they're going to manage from next year. Or from last year, and again, this division is so tough. A team like this is just with question marks. I think they have probably the most question marks out of any team in this division. It's just going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, and as I said, like they picked up AJ Green too. Like mean, he's no slouch. Um, so let's kind of look at like so who who do you have winning the division, Kim? And what's the record for for the NFC West here? Because th- this is might be the most interesting one we have. Yeah, I already know I'm starting off different than you, and I just gotta stick with the Seahawks. They're just they, they go over on their win total every year. They're just so successful. Uh Pete Carroll, Russ Wilson, they won't let things go down. So I got Seattle winning the division at thirteen and four. Thirteen and four for the Hawks, man, that is a task. And if they get hot, I think they legitimately could do it. And I think that it really is a, a coin flip. Um, because my pick to win the division is the LA Rams, and I have them at thirteen and four. Um, and I think that's going to be the number. I, 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 think that I don't think you're going to see them at 12 at or 11, because if they are, there's going to be three teams that are in that division that are going to be close. And I, I do, I do see that happening. I do think you're going to have three teams close. Um, I just think that L.A. takes a massive step forward. I think they've been on the precipice, and I do think Jared Goff has been holding them back. I, I just think he didn't think he was good enough. Obviously, the Rams didn't think he was good enough. You bring in a guy like Matt Stafford with his zip-off pants oh. turning into shorts, I mean, yeah, yeah. you saw the pick of that guy online. I mean, that guy's a winner. I know he's been in Detroit, but now he actually gets a chance. I mean, that's a breath of fresh air. His career is going to be invigorated. I think they take the division at three 13-4. and four. Yeah, and I still really like the Rams and I see them making the playoffs. I just think there's a couple too many question marks. They lost a couple of those secondary players in the secondary. They Just a couple of key things that they've lost, or not so key, but kind of like depth positions where they need help. And then, again, their one injury from being really bad, I have them finishing second still. I still think they're a really good football team. 11-6 and in second place in this division. Still good enough for the playoffs, and you never know come playoff time, but I think, especially bringing in Stafford to a completely different system, you open up the playbook for McVay. It might take them a few weeks to kind of figure it out, but this is still a really good football team. And we have the exact opposite. I got the Seahawks going eleven and six and getting second place in the division. Um, you know, it's one of those things too, where if they get hot, I told I I can't disagree with your points. I could see it going either way, but I think that's going to be the separation. Like, I don't see it being twelve and five. 13 and four, 12 and five, 12 and five. Like I think it, it will be a two game separation somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think those are obviously the top two teams in the division. And then in third in the division, I have the Cardinals and I think they're going to go nine and eight. I think they've made some nice additions to their team. Um, but again, being in the t- toughest division in the teams that they have to play, I would not be surprised if they go oh and four versus uh, the Seahawks and the Rams. So if they go 0 and 4 versus those two, those two teams, um, then you only have 13 other uh, 13 other games, uh, you know, to get wins on, and you're not winning all those. So even if you win nine out of those 13 games, that's where you're, that's where I get the nine and eight from. So they're going to win the majority, I think, against other teams in the league. But I think they could definitely possibly go 0 and 4 against uh, two of the teams in their division. So that's where I kinda came up with nine and eight for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and a third in the division, I have the San Francisco 49ers. I really just like their coaching system. They just miss so much from injury. They're still one of the most skilled teams on paper in the NFL. They have some key players still, especially on that defense. So we'll we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, if they can stay healthy, they can compete for this division, in my opinion. I mean, they were right there two years ago. So I have the San Francisco 49ers finishing at 10-7. This division is going to have a ton of wins, especially against other divisions. This division is legit. So 49ers are finishing third. In fourth, I have the Cardinals clearly where we kind of swapped again. The Cardinals to me, just I don't know what they're going to be. They have a lot of question marks still. I still think their coaching is a massive question mark. Kingsbury, I don't know what he was doing with Kyler and some of the other things that went on. So to me, they're finishing seven and ten they're going to be the only team to miss the playoffs in this division and i just i think they're going to take some big steps but at the same time i just think there's too many question marks with this team yeah i mean i interesting that you think that that there's so there's three wild card teams this year right so that means that you're thinking that two of these guys are grabbing wild card spots i mean that's yeah, well, we're going to get into a little bit more of it. But um, yeah, I've only got one of these. Teams. I think I think LA and, and Seattle are making it. Uh, I I don't think I think I got the 49ers in last. I got I got them at seven and ten. So we're kind of like swapping. Ga- at least the games are close. Like we're thinking like the, the totals are going to be close here. So we're not completely off base with each other. Um, I'm bank, again. I'm banking on injury bug. I think that it follows teams around, and I think that they're in the same spot where, especially last year when they had with their with their injury problems, they did not have guys to fill in, and I think that's the same this year. And I think that they're gonna, f- you know, go to the same fate, uh, and or uh, with with uh, uh, with with the coaching, maybe they try. Like if if Jamie G doesn't get to a hot start, maybe they throw Trey Lance in at in game four, game five you know disrupts team chemistry maybe he's not as good I don't know I I just have a lot of question marks um with that team with the 49ers so uh, I got them at 7 and 10 which is still respectable it's 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 a respectable record especially in that division but um yeah I got them coming at last yeah to me you look at the Cardinals and you look at the 49ers and there's just a lot of question marks on both these teams but I think they both can be good teams so To me, I look at this division, and you have the division winner, and to me, probably two of these other teams making the wild card. So it's whether Seattle and L.A. are in the playoffs. It's whether we're Arizona or San Fran can sneak into that wild card and be a second team or third team from this division because, again, this division is legit, and they're going to give other divisions. Every one of these teams is going to make it tough on other divisions. I like it. Well, we're halfway there. Do you want to go north or do you want to go south? I think we got to save the defending champs for last. So let's go NFC North. Let's do it. So, you want to go first? Tell me about the Bears. Yeah, the Bears are interesting. I don't really know what to think of the Bears. Their defense should still be decent. Secondary has lost a couple of pieces. Do we see Fields this year or is Andy Dalton actually going to start the entire year? Is Fields going to pull in Aaron Rodgers and just sit on the bench for a year? Are they going to or uh, Pat Mahomes is he going to start right away? I think Dalton's a safe play. This offensive line is horrible. So do we really want to see Justin Fields just getting killed every game? Uh do we need another Joe Burrow? Probably not. So Chicago's D and stuff still going to be decent. They're still going to show signs on this team. But yeah, this team's are just kind of, kind of in the middle of nowhere right now to me. Yeah, I mean their defense is really what's going to carry them throughout the year. Um, I mean they had they were eighth in points. I think they were, believe they were eighth in points allowed um, last year. Um, sorry, no, that's incorrect. Fourteenth in points allowed last year. Um, I just it's one of those things where they they with Khalil Mack like they legit have an unbelievable defense. And they have to perform as such, but they also need they they also need points and like they need to be ahead in games. Like if you look at last year, they always played from behind and they were not good playing from behind at all, at all. Like you, they 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 just it was it was a disaster watching them trying to throw the ball down the field. Now part of that could be at the QB position. You're playing Mitch Trubisky or whoever, and now you've got Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, and don't forget Cam. They've also got Super Bowl champion on this team as well. A big Dick Nick Foles. So, yeah, I mean, from what I hear, they're saying Dalton's going to lead the team. I again, I I'm not a big Dalton fan. I, I I'm not a what's his name Ginger Fire. I forget what it is, but anyway, um, like I or Red Rocket. I think that's actually it. Um, I I do I do not have faith in Annie Dalton. And again, Justin Fields, maybe Foles. I mean, they've got a bunch of kind of fringe guys, but I. They don't have a terrible, like, if you look at, like, a David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, uh, running back, Alan Robertson, Darnell Mooney, and, uh, Damier Bird, and Cole Kmet. So, like, I mean, they have okay offense. Um, they're just underwhelming. I think that's the best word that I can describe, that, that I can use for, for the Bears, as the kids say, is they're just, they're just underwhelming to me. And if they're going to win some games, and I think they're they they will win some games. I can see them being slightly under 500. Um, Yeah, it's going to be all defense-driven, personally. Yeah, and I think we could just move into the next team on that. That, Those were uh, some very valid points, and that's the Detroit Lions. I want to touch on them. And, I mean, where do you start about the Detroit Lions and not touching? Okay, go for it, Burke. Okay. No kickers. Can we start there? No kickers. Zero. This team has, (laughs) they released this past week, they released both of their kickers. The Detroit Lions, as we speak, unless they've signed somebody, have zero kickers. Could you imagine going for a job interview and the boss being like, yeah, we're hiring nobody. We would rather not fill this position and be shorthanded because that's how bad you guys are. Does this mean Detroit's going to just go for two every time they get a touchdown? I mean, the analytics suggest that maybe you should. Like it's, but like, and, and no field goals too, by the way, they have, they have to go for every fork down. They have to go for every two point conversion, which actually would be pretty wild. I'd be down for that. Um, but they, yeah, they have no kickers. I mean, they're, and, and surprisingly, like people are like, oh, you know, they're going to be, they're not going to be as bad as you think. Um, uh, you know, they're going to win a couple games and yeah, sure. They might win a couple games. Like, well, they got Jared Goff. I'm like, dude, they were not successful with Matt Stafford. Dan so Campbell I, will not let this team go zero seventeen. Dan Campbell will will this team to at least <laughs> one win. He will bite your kneecap off. If not, he will absolutely yeah. take a baseball bat to your grandmother's car. He doesn't give a fuck. Um, last year they were eight and eight, which is shocking. Um, but I, I see regression here. I I just I have I have no faith in the Detroit Lions. I have no faith in Jared Goff. Um, I have no faith in. Uh, sorry, no, they were an eight and eight. They were lower than that. I think they were five and five and eleven. Sorry, excuse me, I'm looking at the wrong number. Um, regardless, they, they I I have zero faith. Um, I have zero faith in the Lions, dude. Like, I, I'll I'll say one thing is that me and a buddy, my Kyle, uh, not Kyle Splash, different Kyle. Um, we bet every year Miami Detroit uh, who's gonna have the better record or owes the the uh, the other person a case of beer and he, he he's like we have to come up with something different this year because i can't keep buying you a case of beer every year um okay. so yeah sorry they were 5 and 11 last year as i said so i i see them getting worse i know i i mean they did add jamal williams but like jamal williams and and adding so adding jerry graf adding jamal williams uh and you lose galladay jones Carrion johnson matt stafford this team has 100 percent gotten worse and so will their record this year yeah, to me, like this is actually an interesting team to watch. I think their record is going to be worse than last year, but I also think it could be a really promising development year, especially if Dan Campbell can show that he can, everything he's talking about in interviews and all that press conferences, he can bring to this team. You could have a really good year, even though you're not going to win many games. So, yeah, Detroit's not going to be very good this year, but it could be a positive year. For the future, so there are things to look out for. I don't think they're a team who's on the downswing and going further down. They're a team who, to me, is going to have a downswing this year and hopefully find a lot of positives. Yeah, as I said, like it's <sighs> who would you rather be a fan of right now? The you I already know the answer: the Lions or the Buffalo Sabers? Oh, the Lions! That's not even close. <laughs> I was just testing. I was just seeing. I just. I, I. just like to shit on the the Sabers a little bit. Um, okay, so next up, I so I want to get in the Green Bay Packers a little bit because there's been a lot of controversy this off season with Aaron Rodgers. You know what's going to happen with him, and he is sticking around and playing. Probably the curtain call in Green Bay. I can't see him playing in Green Good. Bay past this year. It's just like the Maple Leafs. They're uh, having their last dance again, but they haven't won anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. well, they have. but yeah. They haven't won anything recently. Yeah, no, they haven't. Um, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he's not super happy with what they've kind of done. I mean, if you look at their acquisitions, I mean, they lost Jamal Williams and... Aaron Rodgers is like, man, he's been saying forever. It's like, we need better receivers. And they're like, okay, we'll bring in your boy, Randall Cobb. You can't be mad about that. And he's like, oh, okay. So, I mean, they still got Aaron Jones, who's a stud. They still got Devontae Adams, who's an absolute stud. Lazard, Tanyan. Um, it's it's pretty well status quo. I mean, they were number one in points scored last year. So, like, I know when, when Rodgers talks about, I want better guys, I mean, I don't know how much better that you could be than – number one in point score to the NFL. Um I I think that they're still gonna there's there's they're still gonna get some wins. I, I, I do believe that I think they're gonna be somewhere around eleven wins. Um but I I mean I think they're gonna fizzle out just like they do every single year in the playoffs, just like the Leafs. Let's keep this let's keep it going. And uh yeah, I don't know. I just don't see any reason why they're gonna improve if that makes sense. No, to me, the Green Bay Packers are still a really good football team. It's going to be kind of their last dance type style, but they're going to be really successful until they play in the NFC championship game and then they have no chance. Yep. But they're still a really good football team. They're going to be successful this season, but come playoff time, it's a different story. Aaron Rodgers will uh, freeze a little bit when he should have just ran it in, but. We'll see what happens. Play calling, dude. They got to they gotta do better play calling and on defense, make sure they're not letting White Lightning bust them up the middle. Let's just stop those two things, and you might have won that game. So we'll touch on the last team in the division, and that is the Minnesota Vikings. So where do you want to start with the Vikings, Burke? Well, I was looking into some stats, Cam, and Kirk Cousins is surprisingly, stats-wise, not as bad as people think. But the problem terrible was, in primetime. Yeah. So he's he's terrible in primetime. I just, the one thing that I've been reading and looking at some reports is he's just really bad at moving, which is like, oh, he's like a quarterback. It was like, no, like he's a classic pocket kind of quarterback. Um, so last year they went seven and nine. They were 11th in points scored and they were 29th in points allowed. So the one thing that I will say that the Vikings that I'm looking for this year is. You know, they were the number one defense in 2017. And then in 2020, they were horrible. They were bottom half overall defense. Their defense needs to drastically improve. Um that that group just needs to be better. Um, you know, they, they have a stud group of, of linebackers, Anthony Barr, Kendricks, uh, Vigil. Like these guys need like they just they just need to have a full team effort here. You can't you cannot be uh, 29th in points allowed and have success in the NFL. It cannot happen. So if, if you're like, and you have good, like you have good players up front, like Jefferson Thielen, Irv Smith's out for the year. It sounds like, which is, which is hurts them pretty bad. But Dalvin cook Thielen, Jefferson. That's enough with Kirk cousins, even immobile as he is to be fine offensively. You just need to do something on defense. Yeah, and they drafted really well. Christian Derisaw was a great pickup to help that offensive line. This offense, you look around, other than Kirk Cousins' is average, this offense is unbelievable. Mike Zimmer's plan, I think, was to try and make this defense better for this year, so if Mike Zimmer can start doing what he can do, and I think he's a good coach, this defense could be much improved this season. you You'll find even defenses like this, they'll always – go up and down but they'll always find the means so they're gonna kind of positively regress this season and i think they're gonna be better so to me minnesota is a real or is a decent team i don't think they're a really good team but they're a decent team who's going to compete in this division for sure i like it so who cam is winning the nfc north to me it's still no question the green bay packers are winning this division they're going to go 13 and 4 they're, they're, they're still a really good team. Nothing's really changed with this team. Their defense is good. Their offense is unbelievable. They haven't really lost a ton. It's kind of their last dance as they kind of keep pointing to. So Green Bay Packers are winning this division, in my opinion. Burke? Yeah, I also got Green Bay winning the division. Um, I don't think they're going to go 13-4. and four. I think that the there's going to be some team chemistry issues. And if you look at their schedule too, they got, it's not the easiest one in the NFL. That's for sure. Um, I got them going 11 and six. I think that's still respectable. Um, I think they're going to get, probably get to the NFC championship game and they're probably going to blow it again. Cause that's just what happens every year. Um, but yeah, I got them at 11 and six. I mean, I think they're, yeah, it'll be, it'll be somewhere around there. It could be 11, it could be 12, 13. I think it's a bit of a stretch, but, um, that's where I've got them. And then in second place, uh, in the uh, NFC North, I got the Vikings at uh, a ten and seven, and I think that they're the Vikings have a chance. Depending what happens with some other teams, I think they have a chance at the wild card. If they can maybe add another win, I think eleven maybe gets it done. Um, but as you said, like you're thinking that um, that the West you're going to have two wild cards out of there. Um, obviously, you're not going to have a wild card out of the NFC East, so. Um yeah I mean I think they're they they very likely that at 10 and 7 that they could definitely sneak into that last wild card spot but they might need to get to 11 the Vikings. Yeah, to me I have the Vikings in second. I have them down at 9 and 8, but uh I seem to be quite a bit different on a lot of the second place teams. Vikings again. As we've touched on all those points, their offense should be good, their defense hopefully can improve, and they're going to be a good team. So at nine and eight, I find them they're gonna be battling for that second or third wild card spot and be right in the mix. And I think that's still a really successful season for the Vikings. Yep. I can't disagree. And then third place, I got the Chicago Bears. Um and I think the Bears are gonna go seven and ten. I think you're gonna have another kind of mediocre season. Um they made the playoffs last year, didn't they? I'm pretty sure they did. They they got beat by the Bucks in the first game. So or no, who do they lose to? No, the Saints? The Saints mucked them? I forget. I mean, that's, what was it, eight months ago? But I think it was the Saints that beat them, actually, now that I say that. Um, they're they're going to be worse this year, though, 100%. They're going to go 7-10. and 10. They're getting third in the division. No playoffs. Sorry, the Bears. Sorry, Chicago. Ain't going to happen. You're going to be a mediocre, middle-of-the-pack team, and you can uh, wave by the Dolphins as they swim by the Bears. Yeah, to me, I have the Bears finishing third as well. To me, they're really – I just don't know what this team is doing or what their plan is. For me, I have them finishing 5-12. and 12. I don't Ooh. think they're going to have a very good season. I don't know what's going on in quarterback. I don't really know what's going on at all on this team. So, to me, they're going to take a big step backwards this season, and they're not going to be that good. And then moving into our fourth team, I mean, the, the Lions, Lions. – the Lions. the Lions are finishing fourth in this division. I have them going three and fourteen. Yeah, again, I'm Dan similar. Campbell. I'm, four, Dan I'm Campbell, four. I'm four and thirteen. Sorry, I'm. But go ahead. Dan Campbell is not letting this team lose that me- or not win. Dan Campbell will will this team to at least two or three wins. And I mean, I think they can show a lot of promise. Here. It sucks that DeAndre Swift might not be playing for the season because again, he's. a important part of your future but the lions to me at least have some sort of direction so it's not going to be a very fun season to be a detroit lions fan but hopefully you'll at least see where what the plan is in the future yeah i can't disagree i can't disagree with the plan i mean it's always the plan i got one extra game four and 13 as i said it's pretty much the same all i know for a certainty is they'll lose the christmas game so because they always do and that's like, I don't want to spend too much time in the Lions because I just don't. I mean, 4-13, and 13, whatever, dude. So we got to move into the champs division, though. The champs, which is the NFC yeah. South. So we'll just right away, let's touch on the champions. And basically, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have come back with the exact same roster from last season. Yep. So what do we say on this? The, the Tampa Bay it, Buccaneers are going to be good. Yep, how do how do you you go from a team who will just won the Super Bowl to let's bring back everybody and yeah they're no they're just going to be good they're going to be a good team this year. I think they could be really good. Tom Tom Brady might play till he's eighty. The guy, what (laughs) forty four isn't he? he? Oh, you, the guy he just eats unbelievable. Treats his body definitely better than I treat mine, but that's yep. not really a question. Yeah, and this this team just this team will be really good. I think they figured out a lot of chemistry issues. I mean, you just won the Super Bowl, so hopefully you figured it out. So, I mean, I don't really have that much to touch on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to be a good football team this year, and they're going to be exciting to watch. I got a couple points. So they were they they were last last season in few suggested sorry in few suggested games lost so they had they lost the least amount of games to injuries um they brought back every single guy this year they do have some aging guys on the team health is going to be the number one thing for this team if they stay healthy they have arguably one of the best teams no doubt in the nfc no doubt but they got to stay healthy, and they've got lucky two years in a row where they've had very few man games lost to injury. So, hopefully, Tom Brady can breathe the fountain of youth, the fountain of non-injury, into the rest of his team, and then they'll they'll be successful. Because I I seriously think that these guys I mean people are talking about them going undefeated. I don't see that happening. But that, I don't know how you can <laughs> yeah I don't know how you can be how you can bet against them by any stretch. Um, but to me, as I said, all comes down to injuries. Yeah. And I, yeah, this team's going to be good and they're going to be successful. So we'll move along into the new Orleans saints. Jameis Winston. Yeah. QB one QB First time in a, in a long time that he, that he won that. Um, and by the way, Cam, he's the second highest interception rate of any quarterback since 2000. So 30, 30 year. Yeah, I mean, good for him that he grinded and won a drawback, but, like, what choice did the Saints really have? Like, they didn't. They got their tight end throw touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, that's, but, yeah, I mean, at that point, like, you could have got Trubisky, like, seriously, like, I, I don't know, like, if you want to get a guy to miss passes, that's how you do it, so... Um. Yeah, Taysom Hill was never an option. I don't think this was ever really a discussion. Jameis Winston has had experience throwing decent touchdowns and and has proven it. Um. But the Saints are not going to be like the 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 problem is is that you know Kamara and and Thomas and those guys they have to get used to um life without Drew Brees. And I think that this is going to be a shock of reality for this team where you say, hey, these guy, like this guy was so good and he put us in the position to win so much and put everything on a dime. Like everything was within a two foot spot that we could grab. Um, I I think they're, you know, obviously it's still the Saints. They can still do some stuff like they still have some talent, but I don't know. I'm not sold on Jameis Winston, frankly. Yeah, no Michael Thomas to start the year as well, so yep. I don't even know who their wide receiver one is. It sounds like it might be Callaway. Which do you trust him? So there, there'll be some interesting things with this team. It's to me, you look at around their defense should be good. Cam Jordan's going to be huge, but it's Alvin Kamara or bust really. Can Alvin Kamara hold this team on until they can get a little help? James can come accustomed to the offense. Guess we'll find out. Guess we will. Well, we got the next two. I love that we saved them for last because we've got two listeners on the on the of the show who are fans of these guys. Where do you want to go? Do you want to go twenty eight to three, or do you want to go with uh, picking or drafting guys that are always a shock every single year and making map? Let's go twenty eight to three and touch on the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, so I mean, as we said, Dan Quinn's gone. We already knew that. Um, You don't have Julio Jones anymore, and what I'm hearing from Falcons fans and what I'm seeing online is like, oh yeah, but have you seen Calvin Ridley? I'm like, dude, why? Why are you even talking about this dude? Nobody gives a shit about Calvin Ridley. Like last year, the year before, everybody like it was all Julio this, Julio that. Now Julio's gone. They're like Calvin Ridley's a god. No chance, man. I don't buy that garbage. Like I mean, he's good. Like, the crap where people were like, oh, man, he just dusted Xavier Howard in the end zone. I'm like, yeah, that was a practice. So, like, nobody gives a fuck. Um, I think the big thing for the Falcons is, is that, um, I mean, they're they're, they're going to run this through Kyle Pitts, I think. I mean, they put a lot, like, draft capital and what he got paid. Like, they're going to game plan around this guy. Um, you also added Mike Davis. And, and I mean, Matt Ryan's average just 7.3 yards per attempt in each of the last two seasons, which fits in perfectly to throw to a tight end. Um, So especially a tight end that can run the field if necessary, but I think they throw it underneath a lot, but somehow the Falcons are going to find ways to blow games and they need to improve their defense. Obviously. I mean, I don't think that that's a question. Um, Their offense never was the problem. They were always up in games uh, but then we all know what happened going down the stretch. Not just twenty-eight to three. How many times last year did I have bets on the Falcons that they ended up blowing games? I don't know three, four, five times. Like it was unbelievable. Um, and they're just mediocre. At points squared, they're sixteenth, and points allowed, they're nineteenth. Like they're they're mediocre at best. Um, so I, I just I, with all the Falcons friends that we've had, I've been saying for years for years, ever since Miami beat them when I watched them in Atlanta. These guys are just, they, they need to rebuild, and they refuse to do so. Like, they need to get rid of Ryan. They got rid of Julio, so credit to them. They drafted Cal Pitts. That's great. But you still got an old QB. You just fired your head coach last year, and that should have happened probably two, three years ago. So you're really just kicking this rebuild down the road, and you're slowly going to get worse and worse and worse till you have no choice but to get rid of all these old guys and really start fresh, and you're going to get much worse before you get better. Yeah, and I agree. I thought they made a huge mistake in not drafting a quarterback this year. I know Kyle Pitts looks like he can be a unicorn. Is there Matt any Jones. way Is there any way Kyle Pitts can live up to expectations? Like people are no, saying he's gonna be better than Kelsey. Do you really like to me there's two tight ends who are above everyone else, Waller and Kelsey right now, especially fantasy wise. Can Pitts even reach that? Is he gonna be that good or is he gonna be less than that? Guess we'll find out. To me, this offense is still legit. Mike Davis, I actually really like. Calvin Really, oh, you were kind of down on him. I think he's unbelievable. Him, Pitts, Mike Davis, kind of some of everything else that they have on offense. This offense could be really good. This defense sucks. There's no if, ands, or about it. This defense is not good, and it's not going to carry this team to be very successful. But i just like to clarify, I'm not down on Ridley. Like, I understand that he's good. It's just the hype surrounding him. it's like you lost Julio Jones, who's, what, what, one of the best top five wide receivers of the game the last five years, probably more. And then as soon as he's gone, everybody's on the Ridley train. Like, that's what bothers me. It's not that Ridley's not good, because he is. It's just the transition from those things is just ridiculous, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I that's all I got really to touch on. The Falcons, are we ready to move on to the Panthers? The Panthers is, a yeah, for sure we are. And the Panthers is really, there's two things that I'm looking at here. Um, Christian McCaffrey, because the team runs through him. I don't care who's at quarterback or whatsoever. Like, this guy receives the ball the most. He runs the ball the most. He's the biggest question mark in fantasy. And in the lead, like and for the team, uh win-wise. Um and he needs a bounce back from injuries. I mean, again, we like what we keep pounding this drum about how running backs, same with Saquon, if you get injured again this year, it it it, it goes downhill extremely quickly. And then the other aspect that I look at is Sam Darnold gets an opportunity with the Panthers, and he's been stuck out of the thumb of Adam Gase, and uh Yeah, we know how Adam Gase ran because he ran Miami, and that wasn't very fun. So we'll see what happens. I mean, they should be better defense. We've seen how Adam Gase is with quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill. Adam Gase? Not good. No Adam Gase? Quite good. Sam Darnold. True. Adam Gase? No good. Can he take a step now? I don't know. Maybe he can. That's what I'm saying. He's stuck under Adam Gase's thumb. Can he be better with the Panthers? I'm going to say no. I don't think he will be. Um, I mean, when you see ghosts, I mean, I don't know how much of that's Adam Gase and how much of that's your own head. Um, the, the other thing is that I think they, like, if you look at defensively, um, they drafted all of their draft picks on defensive players. So obviously that was a concern for the Panthers. Obviously. Um, and so I would expect them to be better this year. Frankly, if you'd put all your draft capital into defense, and I get that some of the rookies aren't going to play, and you know JC Horn, their quarterback was their first round pick, which our buddy Nate was, you know, initially shocked at. You know they got uh, one of the nice offensive additions actually, Chuba Hubbard. Um, they drafted in the fourth round, um, but like they were, you know, they are 18th in points allowed, which is not bad. So, but why did you spend all your draft capital there? I don't know. You better—that's what I'm saying. You better your defense has to to take a step and your offense was 24th in points scored. So I think Darnold will help that. McCaffrey playing will definitely help that. I don't think that's still enough to make them a a very successful football club. And I I don't see them having a shot at the playoffs this year. No, I don't know if I have them a shot at the playoffs, but again, they're one of those teams where I really see a route of how they improve a ton this year, have a decent year where they don't make the playoffs, but get a ton of positive things going to next year they're kind of one of the most interesting teams to me just they're young they got a lot of talent and we'll see what happens sam darnold to me huge upgrade and we'll see what he can actually do though and they were 5 and 11 last year so let's kick this off um i mean is like you have the tampa bay bucks winning the division correct yes and what do you have them winning at I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the division at 13 and four. Okay. I've got them at 14 and three, so we can just move on to that. It's close enough. I think that's legitimately 13 and four, 14 and three. You're splitting hairs. I mean, you're a touchdown here, a touchdown there, and that's, what's going to happen. The rest of the teams, I think they're really close and they're not good. Um, I don't think they have any shot really at playoffs. It's all going to depend that that third spot. As I said, I think, you know, it's, it's really going to be up in the air. Um, but I have second in the division. I have the new Orleans saints at eight and nine. Like I think that they actually could, if Jameis Winston actually plays well and keeps his interceptions down, I think they could win some games. I think they got enough pieces and I think they got enough of a culture that they could definitely win some games. Eight and nine is still a losing season. Um, but I think eight and nine is good enough for second in a division. No. And I have the new Orleans saints finishing at nine and eight. I Javis has a ton of scalp. There's no doubt about it. He just needs to stay away from the interceptions. Kamara is legit. This defense is quite good. So for them to sneak right around five hundred, win a game win a game or lose a game, that's right where I see the Saints being. And then I've got the Carolina Panthers as third in the division. I've got the Carolina Panthers improving from last year's of 5 and 11, uh, but not improving enough that our, our buddy Nate's going to be happy with. I've got them going 7 and 10, which, again, respectable. McCaffrey brings back a couple games. It could be 8 and 9. I just don't see how they get to be a nine win team just with Darnold and McCaffrey, frankly. No, to me, I like a lot of the things Carolina's done. This offseason made a lot of sense to me. I mean, the one pick, maybe not, seemed a little early. But they seem to have a plan. And this is going to be a huge year for them. But, yeah, for me, they're not going to be that competitive. I have them finishing 6-11. and 11, But 6-11 and 11 for this team, if uh, Sam Darnold can do a few things, they can get a few things, McCaffrey looks healthy, that could be huge. they yeah. got a young, promising defense. So we'll see what can happen with this team. And that's an extra one win. Right, like that all the moves they made is one win. I've got them at two wins. Again, one win, two wins, you're splitting hairs. Um in fourth I've got the Atlanta Falcons. I don't I, I just again I don't really have much faith in, in the Falcons and I've got them going six and eleven this year. Um you can say Kyle Pitts is this and that. As long as Matt Ryan is currently leading this team and a guy that's on the downslope, I know that Falcons fans are gonna say, Well, this guy's got more legs, he's got this, he's got that. I I, I don't see it, dude. I mean, I think they're going six and 11. I think they're, as I said, last in in the division. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, people might not want to hear it, but you lose one of the best wide receivers and Calvin really can have a Madden level season. Last year, you're four and 12. So I think you're still adding a couple of wins even after losing Julio, because I think that the coaching change and maybe the coaching decisions lost you a few games, but two wins improvement, that's great. You add a game. So really it's only one win improvement. Um, but they are what they are, and they're 6-11 and 11 in my opinion, and they're going to get last in the division. Yeah, I still don't see any way that they're going to be a good football team, and to me, yeah, they're last. They're not going to be good. 5-12 and 12 is kind of where I see them at. They're just such a confusing team. I don't know what direction they're going with teams who aren't going to be very good. They're not making the playoffs. They don't have a chance at the Super Bowl. What are you doing, really? Figure out what you're doing with your team, but... I mean, we'll find out. This offense could be really good, but this defense is not going to be good. No, defense is not going to be good at all. So just to recap, Cam, so in the NFC North, I have the Green Bay Packers winning that division. In the NFC South, I have the Tampa Bay Bucks winning the division. In the NFC East, I have the Washington football team winning the division. In the NFC West, I have the LA Rams winning the division. And I think you're the same, except for the NFC West, where you have the Seahawks winning the division. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, so that means that we have three spots that we have for wild card teams, and so it's going to be a little bit different. But the first wild card spot for me is going to be the Seahawks. For you, it's going to be the Rams. That is correct. Yeah. And then we got two spots to fill for the just to fill out who we think's making playoffs and doing their thing. So, um. Yeah, so I mean, I think that the second wildcard team is probably going to be the Vikings at 10 and 7. I think that's realistically going to be the second team. I I don't think it'll be close. And then I have the last team to make it. I'm just looking over my records here just to see who I think is going to actually squeak in. Um, I, am yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with you, and I think that the Cardinals are gonna sneak in. So I think you're right. I think that it is gonna be two teams uh, from the NFC West are gonna make the uh, are gonna make the playoffs. Um, sorry, three are gonna make the playoffs, but two of them are gonna be wild card teams. And so I've got the Seahawks and the uh, Cardinals sneaking into wild So uh, Seahawks, Vikings, Cards in my wild card positions. Yeah. So we've kind of touched on the same points here. To me, it's going to be the Rams because they didn't win the division. Seattle won the division to me. It's going to be the Vikings. To me, they're going to sneak in the playoffs. Their offense is good. They're going to show signs on defense. And the third one is going to be the San Francisco 49ers. I just think injuries were that big of a deal last year. If Jimmy G's playing all year, this team is a playoff team. They're that skilled. They get a lot of good position players. So, To me, those are our seven NFC playoff teams. I love it. Well, that is a, that's a pretty darn good recap. I'll give you that. That is not bad at all. We talked about this kind of last year. Um, didn't have a podcast, but now we get to record it. So we're going to have to circle back. I've got it all written down. We'll see what it uh, comes up as, and we'll do a debrief, obviously at the end of the year. Uh, next week, we are going to preview the AFC, uh, might need to spend a little bit more time cause the dolphins are in the AFC and, uh, I think it's definitely a more interesting side. I mean, there's some really, really good football clubs um, in the AFC. And uh, we're going to break it all down for you next week uh, ahead of the start to the NFL season, uh, which uh, is what is there a Thursday game next week on the 9th? Or is it all the 12th? I believe there's a Thursday night game. I believe it is Dallas versus Tampa Bay in the ring ceremony. God, that's going to be just a disaster. Okay. Well, anyway, so we're going to break it all down the AFC for you before the kick of the football season. Uh, That's going to be next week. I'm excited for that. I'm just excited to get the games going. Enough of this preseason bullshit. That's over. Um, Miami, by the way, won on a Hail Mary, which nobody cared about and couldn't find a freaking highlight of to save my life in Canada because nobody gives a shit. Um, But, yeah, Cam, anything else you want to talk about before you let it go to next week? No, I'm looking forward to next week. I'm looking working through the Dolphins' schedule, 1 through 17 this year. So that'll be fun to work through and talk about and see where uh, our, uh, we actually end up with their records. Yep, we're definitely going to talk a little bit more about our own team next week for sure. We just kind of, we did obviously research, skimmed through the NFC. Uh, we will dive a little bit deeper into the AFC East, particularly uh, our team and then the overall preview of the A. FC for the nfl um as always you can follow us on twitter at zach burke over six at c Charlton turf and at over six sports on twitter as i said and for the over six sports podcast i am zach the bandit burke and with me is as always no, still not doing it. Just Cameron Charlton. One day he will say it. It's the turf King Cameron Charlton. Thanks for listening to Over 6 Sports, and we will chat with you.